Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Everybody excited about Jesus today? I said, is anybody excited about Jesus today? We are uh, in your seat. There should be a card or one close to you that kind of gives you a brief, very brief overview of grow groups for the fall semester. And so uh, beginning the week of August the 30th and continuing until the week before Thanksgiving uh, will break during the holiday season for Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. But uh, we have 12 weeks set aside to grow together, uh, to be discipled, to uh, be in community, to sharpen each other. And so we want you to get in a group. And so beginning next week, uh, for the next couple of Sundays, we'll have some uh, video clips and different things where you can get maybe an idea of the groups that are going to be available. You can go on our website, and all of the information is there, or on the Church Center app. You can see all the information, all of the details, all of that stuff, and find the group that is right for you. Uh, on Thursday evenings, we do provide child care this semester, and so if you want to uh, have access to that, then the one the groups on Thursdays would be uh, probably the most beneficial for you. But we're excited because it's going to be a good semester of groups and growing together, and so we want you to be a part. And I want you to I want you to be here tonight at 6 p.m. downtown square uh, for the last two Sunday nights. We have gathered together, we have united together, and we have been praying for our city, for leadership, uh, government officials, for our country, for our schools, marriages and families, and just going uh, for churches in our community and just going before the Lord and lifting those things up, believing that God is going to do what only he can do and that his blessing and favor will be on our community, that it will be on every decision maker. Uh, and so we want you to be there tonight, 6 o'clock. Uh, last week we had about 50 to 60 people show up, and we just united together in prayer. And so be there tonight, 6 o'clock, from about 6 to 6.30. We're going to be praying together at the downtown square, and so we invite you to that. And uh, so I want to jump into the last part, the conclusion of a series that we've called Mission Minded. And this whole series has been about our vision it has been about, uh, about our mission as the church, what we are uh, trying to provide and what we are trying to uh, allow God to do in your life and facilitate, and then also what God wants to do through you in your individual life. And so today we are talking about part three, and uh, we've been asking this question uh, as we started this series and as we've been going through this series, and it's what is it that God desires for his people? So what is the vision? What is the mission? What is it that God desires for his people? And we can say this in two different ways. We've been saying it this whole series is that this is what God desires for lost people saved, saved people discipled, and discipled people mobilized. That God desires for lost people to be saved, saved people to be discipled, and discipled people to be mobilized. And so this is what we are trying to accomplish. This is the goal. This is what we want for your life. This is what we want for the people's lives that are around you, that hopefully this would go forward. And we can even say it this way. We've kind of summed it up in three words that you'll probably hear more times than not. Uh, is to know, grow, and go. What does God want for you? For you to know him personally, grow in your faith, be discipled, and then go, be mobilized, share the gospel with other people, do 
the same in your life. And so that's what we're talking about. And when Jesus was teaching his disciples, um, we've said it, you know, in every single week, you won't necessarily find it in this way in the Bible, but really to sum it all up, Jesus said, give your life to me, follow me, let me teach you, and now go and do the same. Like surrender your life to me, follow me, live this way, let me show you some things so that you can go and you can do the same in your life. And so the question again today as we jump in is, have you taken this journey so that you can go and do the same? Have you, have you come to know God personally? Have you invested, have you committed into discipleship and sharpening one another and, and growing in your faith, growing in your relationship with God so that you can go and do the same in other people's lives and your relationship with other people. And so we've talked a couple of weeks ago about God's heart for lost people and how lost people matter and that we're called to go into all the world. And last week we talked about God's desire for people to be discipled and for you to be discipled, for you to be continually growing, for you to commit to that. And I've titled the message today as we jump in, if you're taking notes, is Avoiding Bobblehead Christianity. (laughs) Avoiding bobblehead Christianity. Well, where are you going with this one? Well, you'll find out soon enough. Avoiding bobblehead Christianity. And I was thinking about how uh, when we all, when all that we have is knowledge, so we, we have come to know God personally and we have grown, we have been disciples, we have, we have learned some things, we understand more about who God says we are and we have, we have knowledge. I was picturing um, without the third part of the vision, we become like a bobblehead Christian. And so we know and we grow. And I, I have a couple of these in my office that my parents have gotten me over the years that are, that are at different athletes. And what I've noticed about these that I have on my bookshelf is that they're standing here on a platform. And the only thing that moves, you know, when I'm talking about bobblehead, and they have that big head, you know, and they're just standing here planted, but it's just kind of like, the, you know, like you can, you can bobble their head, and they're just kind of doing this right here. And I was thinking about how if we don't activate the third part of what God desires for our lives, we become like somebody who, I know all the right answers, I know what God's Word says, I know what I should be doing, but for some reason my feet are planted right here, and I'm not moving and activated and mobilized and doing anything. And I believe that what God has called us to is to mobilize and to go, to go. That after you know and while you're in the process of growing and and, and you're being discipled, that you would step out and that you would disciple somebody else, that you would share the gospel with somebody else, not that you would be planted here with all of the knowledge that you have gotten that is not being used for the kingdom of God, to spread the good News, And so that's what I want to talk to you about today is avoiding bobblehead Christianity. And we're going to take the same format that we have throughout the series and really answer three questions about each part of our vision. Here's question number one, talking about seeing discipled people mobilize. Is how do we know that it's God's desire for you to go? How do you know? Well, that sounds great, but how do I know? Like, is it really in the Bible? Is that really what God's desire is, is for me Go to activate my faith. And uh, just a few verses I want to share with you that uh, are straight out of God's word. Mark 16, 15. We read this last week, but I feel like we should read it again. It's that, then he said to them, who is he? This is Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, go 
into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We could stop right there and move on to question two. You could leave today and know that Jesus himself said, here's what the command is. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Here's what I am commissioning you to do. It's to go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And Jesus in Matthew 13 uh, we, we talked last weekend about the parable of the sower and the seed, and there's another parable that Jesus tells, and it's about the wheat and the weeds. And I, maybe you've read this before, and it's talking about how there's wheat growing, but there's also weeds that are growing. And Jesus is talking about this, and he replies in this way. He says, he replied, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. In other words, Jesus said, listen, I'm the one who sows the good seed. What is the good seed? What I'm about to do for you? What I'm, what, what I'm about to do in giving my life? In this way. And it says in verse 38, the field is the world. And the good seed, these are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. So what is Jesus saying? He says, I'm the one who sows the, the seed. I'm the one who is sending out the seed. And who is the seed? You. Me. Jesus says, can we just kind of paraphrase it and wrap it up in this? Jesus says, you are the plan. There is not another plan. You are the plan. For the gospel to be spread all over the world, for people to know about Jesus, for people to come to faith in Jesus, he says, I'm the one who's sowing the seed. I'm the one who's sending it out. And who is the seed? You are the seed. I am sending you out into the field. I'm sending you out into the world so that people can hear the good news, so that the gospel can be spread. And so we are the ones that Jesus is sending out into all the world. And what is it that is so important for us to tell others? I love the way that, that 1 John chapter 2 and verse 2 says it. It says, he himself, talking about Jesus, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for, this, for those of thee, say it with me, whole world. In other words, in, in, in this first John, he's saying, listen, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice. In other words, you need a savior. You can't do it on your own. You can never be good enough. You can never do it right enough. You can never work your way into heaven. Come on, somebody. You cannot do enough good things, enough good deeds to get there. Jesus said, I am going to come and I am going to make a way. I am the only way. I'm going to die for you. I'm going to make things right. I am the atoning sacrifice for your sin. Come on, you need a Savior. And if you need a Savior in your life, then the people around you need a Savior. For all have sinned. All have sinned. And fallen short of God's standard. I love that, that version. That God has a standard and we can't reach it. And because we couldn't reach it, Jesus reached it. <laughs> Jesus came and was the atoning sacrifice. And so what is he saying? Like, I'm sending you into the world because people need to know. People need to know that they have sin in their life, that there are things that are going on in them. They are searching for me. They may not know it, but you need to go tell them, will you go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation? Tell them the good news. Every person needs to know that Jesus was the sacrifice for our sins and for their sins. And 
Many of us are familiar with this. It's, it's the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Jesus came near and said to them, can I, just, can, I, can I submit to you today? I feel like Jesus is coming near to you to say to you. Will you lean in to what, what, what the commission is? Come on, we read this and we're like, whoa, that's good. But we need to like actually activate it in our life. Jesus said, he, he comes near and he says to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Or one, one, one translation says, go, therefore, and disciple all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember or see that I am with you always to the end of the age. And I want you to picture this, because Jesus has lived a perfect life on earth, he has spent the last three years with these guys. He has invested in them. They have walked with him. He has taught them. He has given his life. He has been raised from the dead on the third day. And he's about to go back to heaven. And he says, I've got some instructions. He comes near. He gets them around. He says, listen, here's what I want you to do. Go and make disciples and baptize them. And teach them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Like, like not, not do nothing. Not just be appreciative of what I have done for you. Not just look back on the last three years of how you've walked with me and think, wow, that was great. But now you are the plan. Jesus said, come, come here, come here. Listen, listen to me. I'm going back to heaven and you are the plan. You are the plan to get the good news into all the world. He says for them to go. And then in Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, while he was with them, while Jesus was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. In other words, you've heard me talking about this, and now here's what you need. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love this picture in my mind because here's what I feel like Jesus is saying. They're like, is it, like, is it right now? Like, are you going to restore this right now? Are you going to do this right now? And Jesus says, listen, don't worry about, like, God has set the time. God has the authority to do that. God is taking care of all of those details. Here's what you need to do. God has taken care of all this. Here's what you need to do. You need the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Why? So that you can go and be my witnesses everywhere. You can go and be my witnesses everywhere. Now let me just make a shameless plug. <laughs> there is one of our grow groups this semester that we we need to understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in our lives and why we need him. And there is an entire grow group 
in this 12-week semester that is all focused on understanding who the Holy Spirit is and what he does and, and what he gives to us and why we need him in our lives. Come on, somebody. And so if you want to do that, you need to know more about that. You need to get in that group because it's going to be so good. There's another one that is going to take one week and talk specifically about the Holy Spirit because we need to understand that Jesus said, listen, you're going to go and you're going to be my witnesses, but you need the Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit comes on you, he's going to give you the power to go. Then you're going to be able to go. So we need to understand the power to go comes from the Holy Spirit. We need to understand it. And so the command of Jesus is for us as believers to, and followers to go into all the world, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach him, to obey Jesus, to be his witnesses. And this is all done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So how do you know that God has called you to go? That God's desire is for you to go? He plainly says it. When Jesus was walking on the earth, he said, here are the instructions. Here is the command. Here is the commission. Here is what you need to do. You need to go. Give your life to me. Follow me. Let me teach you. Be discipled. And go. Go, go. Don't just keep all of this to yourself. No, like you need to go into all the world and preach the good news, preach the gospel. And so here's question number two. How are we trying to accomplish this part of the mission as a church? As a church, what, what is it that we're trying to do? And we're going to get practical for just a few minutes. But I want, you to, I want you to see what it is that God is desiring for you to do and see where the Holy Spirit might be leading you to activate this in your life. And so we have, uh, the first one is outreach and serving. Outreach and serving. We're beginning this back the first Saturday in September where we can go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. And listen, here's the goal. Here's the prayer in that is that at some point, some way, God would provide an opportunity for somebody to receive Jesus, for God to, to, to work in somebody's life, for a seed to be planted, for, for somebody to think, wow, God loves me this much that he would send a group of people out here to serve me a lunch and that I might be able to hear the good news, that I might be able to hear the gospel, that I might be able to hear how he has changed their life and that I know, wow, I need that in my life. That is the goal. It's called outreach and we refer to it as serving a lot. Listen, if you're here today, if you're a follower of Jesus, can I tell you something? You're in. It's outreach. It's reaching out. Like you're in. <laughs> and we need to reach out. We need to go out. This is not the goal. Like Sunday morning coming together is awesome. We need it. You need it. We need to gather together. We need to worship. We need to hear God's word. But this is not the end. This is not the end. God intends for you to Go, like outside of these walls. Go. Matthew 25, starting in verse 35, Jesus says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you, you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? When... 
or, or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? I love this picture because it's like the righteous are like, when, like, you're saying we did this stuff. Like, when did we do it? I haven't seen you in prison. Like, I haven't seen you, like, in this state. I haven't seen you in this. And then Jesus sums it all up. And Jesus says, this is what I'm talking about. And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You mean when I saw somebody that was in need and I met their need? I did that for you. You mean when you brought that person across my path and I invested in their life and I did that for you? You mean when I went to the, to the, to the prisons and I visited people and I shared the gospel with them and that I did that for you? You mean when I was taking care of somebody that, I didn't even, that nobody even knew what was going on? Jesus says, when you do that for the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did it for me. You did it for me. James 1.27 says that pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. I love one translation says uncontaminated. To not let the world contaminate you. And he says, listen, what is it? To look after orphans and widows in their distress, it's like it's, it's seeing a need and meeting a need. Seeing a need and meeting a need. James 2 verses 15 and 16. If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and, and be well fed. Can we say it this way? Can I just like insert my own, uh, just kind of how we would say this today, right? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, I'll pray for you. Oh, I'm preaching now. <laughs> Don't we feel good when we tell somebody, it's like, wow, they are really in need. Like, I oh, will pray for you. And look at what James says, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? Like what good is it to know and to have and see somebody in need and not help meet the need? And and we need to pray for people. I'm not I'm not talking about not praying. But I think sometimes we just try to make ourselves like the Holy Spirit is speaking to us in a moment about meeting a need that we see. And sometimes we just kind of brush it off with a, I'll pray for you. I hope you stay warm. I'm praying that you get what you need. And you have what they need. And James says, if you don't activate it, if you don't meet the need, what good is it? What good is it? So we want to meet the needs of people while at the same time giving them the truth at the same opportunity. It's, it's asking this, how can I, I see a need, how can I meet this need and give them Jesus? How can I meet this need and give them Jesus? How can I meet this need and share the gospel with them? How, how can I do this? Here's the, the second way would be through something like a mission trip. And I know this last, this last summer, you know, a couple months ago, we were supposed to be uh, on another mission trip. And these short-term mission trips, about seven days long, seven or eight days, where we go into another part of the world. And we're meeting a need and looking for opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. It's, it's, it's a way that we can organize and go 
to another part of the world. Can I tell you what this will do for you? This will, this will change something in you. When you see another part of the world and how they don't have the gospel or how they don't know Jesus or how they are struggling to get by and how, you know, like you'll realize some things about the way that you get to live. It'll do something in you. But the, the prayer and the hope is that you would go and that it would do something in you that would change something in you that you would say, you know what, I might be here to just meet a need. Like that was, that was the, the, the initial thing that we were doing, but oh, I'm praying that somebody, that somebody will come across my path that I can share Jesus with. That I can share Jesus, I can share the good news with somebody while I'm here. Another way would be giving to missions. We're talking about ways that as a church, what are we trying to be intentional to do? How are we trying to be intentional to activate our faith and to go into all the world? So we've talked about serving and outreach and mission trips, and uh, some of it is giving to missions. And as a church, we set aside a baseline that this amount of money is going, this percentage is going to missions. It is going to go to organizations. We're going to give it away. It's going to go to organizations locally that are, that are helping moms that don't have anything and, and t- teen pregnancy and you know it's going to go into a part of the world that might be fighting human trafficking like we're going to invest we are going to give where we can't go so there are opportunities for you to go but what if you can't go well your money can go your resource can go and so in our church like the finances that are coming in like like it can go into parts of the world to reach people for Jesus. Another way would be grow groups. And I know we talked a lot about grow groups last week, and I encourage you to go back and watch that message on the app or listen to it on the podcast. But, you know, three semesters per year we gather in grow groups to disciple and be discipled. And here's what, here's what our prayer is as we do that. That you would be discipled, that you would grow, and that... that you would come out of this season of being in a group and God would call you out to now do the same for somebody else. That as more people are coming along and they're coming to faith in Christ and they're receiving Jesus as their Savior and now they need to be discipled, they need to know God's word, that, that you would come out of this and that you would be discipled, that you would grow and that you would then want to go out and multiply that out so that you can help somebody else grow, so that they can help somebody else grow, so that they can help somebody else grow. Like that's a part of going. It's investing, it's, it's being invested into, it's sharpening each other. You know, we read it last week in Proverbs 27, 17, that iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. It's this idea that we're going to get together and sharpen each other and grow together so that now I can go out here and I can bring some people along me and we can sharpen each other and, and we can grow together so that they can go out and do that and we can continue to repeat the process so that people hear about Jesus, so that people learn and grow in their faith in Jesus so that we can go. And then here's the last one under question number two is how are we trying to do this as a church? I, I, think, it, I, think, it, I think it starts with you. I think it's your personal mission field. I think it's where God has placed you. It's the job that God has placed you in. It's the place that God has placed you in. It's the people that God has surrounded you with. 
It's your home, your workplace, your family, your friends, your sphere of influence. It's all a personal mission field. And our prayer is that you would live your life with such intentionality that your eyes would be open, that your ears would be open. Here's, here's, what, I know about, here's what I know about our God. He's always speaking. And so it's this idea that we would open our ears, we would open our hearts, that we would be able to hear what he is telling us, the impressions in our heart that he's leading us to do things or to, to reach out to people, that that would be what we would do in our own personal lives. And then here's question number three as the worship team comes back up. It's how can you join the mission? Come on, we've talked about this every single week. How do we know that this is what God wants? How are we going to how how are we trying to do this? Like what are the avenues that are available to accomplish this? And how can I get on mission? How can I get on mission? So how can you join the mission? Come on, you can you can begin serving once a month with a serve team. Beginning in September, you can jump in and you can be the hands and feet of Jesus and you can say, God, while I'm here, will you show me somebody? Will you bring somebody along my path that I can share the gospel with, that I can tell about Jesus while I'm here? You can do it in that way. It might be a short-term mission trip. Uh, listen, I'm asking you. I'm saying, I'm saying sign up. Hopefully here in the next few months, we're going to know exactly where we're going and, and how much it's going to cost. Come on, you're going to have to invest some money to be able to go. But what if, like, what if you were intentional with the resource that God has given you not to buy more stuff, not that stuff is bad, but what if you said, you know what, it's God's desire for me to go, and this is one of the ways that I can go, and so I'm going to set aside, I'm going to begin to save now so that I can go on the mission trip next summer so that I can be the hands and feet of Jesus, and Jesus might just bring somebody along my path that it'll change their life forever because I made the decision to be obedient and go. It might be a trip. It might be you actually physically going. It might be giving to missions. And this could mean this could mean giving over and above your tithe through the church in the mission organizations that, that we're giving to, but it doesn't have to be. It might be something that God has put on your heart. That there's an organization that you know about that, man, for some reason, I am drawn to that. And I want to help change that in the world. And so I'm going to make sure that I'm intentional every month. I'm going to make sure I'm going to fund that thing. I'm going to make sure that the gospel goes into that place. I'm going to make sure that they hear about Jesus. I'm going to make sure that that, that is stopped. I'm going to make sure that 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 Bibles can be printed or whatever it is in, in that language so that they can get the good news. Like It can be here, but it doesn't have to be here. It could be something that God has put on your heart that you're like, wow, I need to pray about this and I need to find out what it is that God wants me to do in this way. Maybe that's what God's calling you, a way that he's calling you to go. It could be committing to grow in a group and the goal being so that you can step out and then lead others. That you would grow and be discipled and grow in your knowledge and grow in your faith and grow in your relationship with God so that you can then step out and lead other people to grow. It could be looking for opportunities to share the gospel in your own personal life. That you're living with such awareness and such intentionality that I just hope, come on, what would it look like for you to wake up on Monday and just hope and pray that God brings somebody across your path that you can share? Listen, the Holy Spirit is speaking. I think sometimes 
we're just not aware. Sometimes we're not paying attention. Sometimes we don't want to listen. Because sometimes listening looks like what we would consider an interruption. And so God is speaking something to us and God is trying to bring somebody in our path. God has a plan for us on Tuesday afternoon or on Wednesday morning on our way to work. And we feel that prompting. Come on, you ever felt that prompting? Like, I just, I just know that I know this is what I'm supposed to do. And you feel that prompting. And you're, <laughs> and you're like, well, like, I'm already three minutes late to work. Like, I can't afford to do this. Like, I can't. God is, God is speaking. His desire is for you to go. His desire is for, like, you're the plan. You're the plan to get the gospel, to get Jesus, the good news about Jesus, to everybody. You're the plan. So what would it look like for us to be so intentional? To wake up every day and say, today I'm the plan. As I, as I do the things I need to do, as I go to work, as I'm raising these kids, as I'm homeschooling, come on somebody. How, like how, how does God want to use me as the plan today? What does he want to do through me today? How can I go today? Will you stand to your feet? I want to ask you three questions and then I'm going to pray for you. We're going to sing one final song and let you go. But I don't want to just blow past this moment for God to speak to you. Because I believe his desire is for you to know and it is for you to grow, but it's also for you to go. And today he wants to speak to you for what that looks like for you. What he's put on the inside of you for you to do so that you can go into all the world, that you can go into your community, that you can go into your workplace, that you can jump on board with, with an opportunity to serve through the church so that just let him, let, him, let him speak to you. And here are three questions just for, you to, just for you to think about as we sing and as we pray in just a moment. It's, can you see the mission field all around you? Jesus... <laughs> Jesus said it this way. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray that the Father will send out more workers. Listen, we don't have a harvest problem. We have a worker problem. We don't have a harvest problem. We have a go problem. And today I believe God is calling you out. Not to make you feel bad, but he's calling you out saying, oh, there's more. Oh, there's more. Can you see the mission field all around you? Do you know a lot but haven't put Jesus' command to go into practice? Like maybe maybe you've, you've, you have a personal relationship with Jesus. You've given your life to him. You are saved and, and you've been investing in discipleship and growing. And you've been a part of a group and, and you get together for Bible studies and, and you're doing all this so that you can grow. But have you, have you, like are you at the crossroads of where God is saying, now listen, it's time to activate what you know and how you've grown. And now it's time to go. Now it's time to go. Now it's time to invest in somebody else. Now it's time to commit to something else. Now it's time for me to let me speak to you so that you'll know what it is that I want you to do. And here's the last one is, are you ready to live your life on mission? This entire series, 
Are, are you ready to help other people know, grow, and go? And maybe the first step is for you to know, grow, and go. So maybe you're here today and, and the first step for you is I, like you need to know. You need to, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to enter into a relationship with him. You need to surrender your life. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. I love that translation. God has a standard and, and you can't reach it. But because you couldn't reach it, Jesus did it for you. So that you could put your faith and your trust in him that you would confess your sins. The Bible says that he is faithful and just. He'll forgive you. He'll save you. So maybe that's your step today. Maybe your step is, well, I've, I've been in a relationship with God, but I'm just kind of like, I'm just here. I've never grown. I've never been discipled. I've never... I've never been in a group. I've never gotten around people. I've never been somewhere where somebody could sharpen me and I could sharpen somebody else and I could grow in my faith and I could be discipled and I could know more about God's word and I, I like I've never done that. Maybe that's your step. Or maybe you're here today. And let me submit to you that we can't neglect the third part. That God's desire is for you to go. For you to go. For you to go. So God, today, Holy Spirit, we just ask you to speak to our hearts today. Lord, whatever it is that you're asking us to do, oh, you're a personal God. Lord, would you speak to us as we sing this last song, as we declare that there's nothing else, there's nothing like we want to be about what you are about. We want your heart. God, show us in what area, what, what is our next step? Would you show us how you want us to go? How you want to use us in this way to spread the good news of Jesus to everyone around us. In Jesus' name, amen.